When is the Cleveland real estate spring market going to be white hot? Hosts Mike Riley and Mike Ferrante of the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast are back with another heat check. Find out what your house is worth and how to price it. What about just pulling the house off the market and resetting the price? We discuss this and more on this monthly heat check of the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. Investing in real estate can be full of pitfalls. Don't end up as another horror story on Mike Riley's Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. Hi, I'm Mike Ferrante with Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team, serving buyers and sellers all over the state of Ohio. We specialize in helping investors buy and sell real estate. So before you make another move, go to 21mike.com to schedule an appointment. The 21 Mike team, your one-stop shop for buying and selling. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Mike Riley on a Friday, gray, wet snow out there. Not exactly the greatest weather here in Cleveland, but we're expecting it to get warmer with our edition of Heat Check for March. And with me is the caffeinated and ready to go, ready with his stats, Mike Ferrante. Hey, what's happening, Mike? Time for Heat Check. <laughs> I, I, I gave you this big buildup and like, okay, all right. Here we go. Yeah, All right, dramatic Mike. pause. Dramatic know, pause. Dramatic right? pause. Just like Edward R. Muro did. This is London. Okay. So, Mike, lead us off. It's cold. It's gray. How hot is the market out in Cleveland in March? Well, as always, I've got some numbers. And I'm going to start with the, the bad news. So, I don't know if anybody watches the national news. Uh, Lawrence Yoon, the head chief economist for the national association of realtors just recently did his report and everyone in the real estate and related businesses are panicking mike uh, mortgage companies are laying off people in droves because the number of transactions is dropping uh, of course in the lending business the refis have dried up you know who's going to refi right now when rates are six to seven percent um, so they're relying on purchase business, which of course has decreased. And that's kind of the that's kind of the bad news. That's the gray to match the gray skies here in Cleveland. We're down ten percent year over year on number of sales. Well, ten percent though, from a white hot market, uh, an unbelievably hot market is really not that bad, right? Yeah. So I, uh, I was trying to bait you. <laughs> I wanted to see what you'd say, because yeah. that's exactly right, Mike. You you kind of have to throw out these last two years and all these people who are comparing now the, the, the numbers today to the last two years. Well, of course, it's going to be lower. So what so how about how about if we compare number of sales to five years ago, February yeah. of 2018? Right. We're actually 10 percent over. February of 2018 and almost identical to February of 2019, 841 sales, February of 19. So all these doomsayers, oh, the, the number of sales dropped, the market's oh tanking. Yeah. It's not, it's just back to normal. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, why am I not surprised? Conventional wisdom is often wrong. I mean, just look at the market. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, that great line in, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, Matthew McConaughey. Have you seen that movie? Matthew oh, of course. McConaughey. Okay. Remember, he's up there. He goes, nobody, 
not Warren Buffett, not Jimmy Buffett knows if the market's going up or down or sideways. It's all Fugazi. And that is so true for a lot of things. I mean, everything is always evolving, changing, and everybody's still fighting the last year's war, which was last year. You know, World War, you know, people looked at Vietnam as as uh, we have to stop aggressive aggression like it was Munich. And then, of course, it wasn't Munich. You know, people uh, when Hitler came to power, they were fighting World War One and they were they didn't want to do anything about Hitler. And of course, you know, Hitler took over most of Europe. And I'm, I'm getting real sideways here on tangents. But at the end of the day, you have to read a lot of tea leaves to really understand uh, what's going on. So, but keep going. Yeah. Well, so yeah, to kind of elaborate here, and I agree with Lawrence Yoon, who, who again is the NAR chief economist, his his projection to kind of skip to the, the end of the journey here, his projection is that nationwide, you're going to see a pretty flat year for prices. And that yes, of course, sales will drop year over year, but the reason that prices are going to stay pretty strong, it's a couple things. Number one, we still have an inventory shortage. And I know we've been singing that song for two and a half years now, Mike, but it's still true. Listings dropped again last month, down under 2,000 listings again. So to put that in perspective for folks, yeah, it's up from when it was uh, 1700 last year this time. Uh, but again, you go back a few years, we're used to about 4,000 listings in the winter, and we're literally at half of that. So we're at 50% of the inventory that we're used to, and there are still lots of buyers out there. Now, yes, right. fewer buyers because rates are up, but you know, then the next thing that we start looking at is, well, how's demand? And we, we measure that. The best measure of that is market time. You know, How fast are our homes selling? And what we're used to is about 66 days. I'm, I'm going back five years. 66 days is a normal market time here in Cleveland in the winter. Last month, 37. Yeah. So homes are still flying off the market, relatively speaking. Yeah. And I think the ones that are sitting out there are overpriced and underwhelming in terms of uh, how they're cleaning it up. One of our uh, longtime investors, Jeff from Washington, and Jeff, uh, you, you owe me that bottle of uh, eight years in the desert because I gave him some tips on how to one of the podcasts on how to sell his house. And he followed it to the T and he got I think he told me he got 10, 10 percent over listing, something like that, got in a bidding war and it sold within a week. Wow. And he's just high fiving me <laughs> on the phone about how, how well it worked. So Jeff Drizzly dot com. Send it to the send it to the office. But you know, his house was ready to go. Windows washed, landscaping, nice and clean. You don't need granite counters. And he was ready to move in. And yeah. it was priced right on the button. And he got into a bidding war. So yeah, I mean, wash the Washington area. I mean, that's a hot area. It's just like uh LA and San Francisco and all Toronto and all these other places. But on the other hand, if your house is, is, and again, this is where you need somebody sharp, like Mike Ferrante, you got to run the comps, but you also have to look at the house, look at the location. And is this ready to move in? And some of the things we, I mean, we've said this before in past podcasts, 
I've been preaching that a lot of these low fruit things to do, like wash the windows, people aren't doing. They're so focused on on uh, turning their kitchen into some glamour kitchen. When you know most people, you know they don't care about it as long as it's functional, clean. The floor, you know, looks okay. It's painted. But again, if the house is ready, ready to move in, it's going to move in this market, right? Yeah, it, it's the same formula we talked about years and years ago before the white hot market. Nothing has changed. You prepare the house, you price it correctly, and then you promote it using all the tools available, including listing with a realtor. And I know it sounds self-serving for me to say that because I am a real estate broker, but my own homes, when I sell them, the, when when we flip a house, I put them on the MLS because there's nothing more powerful than the internet to sell a home. And okay. ending up on right. all those hundreds of websites, there's no substitute for it. All right. Well, let me advocate for our listeners out there, which is, okay, pricing correctly. Now, I have a longtime customer and a good friend of mine who's selling, they're selling their house. It's on, um, in Cleveland Heights on a phenomenal street, Delamere in Cleveland Heights, dead end. It's going on the market next, uh, next month. And I think it's got six bedrooms, three baths. They've done everything to this house, new kitchen, new everything. Garage has been rebuilt, cement uh, driveway, landscaping, the whole nine yards. This house is ready to move in. And their realtor was saying it should be six, uh, 650 and then start a bidding war at 650. I'm thinking, what? For this house? That should be 750. That location, that house. Now, look, at, I'm not a realtor, but I'm thinking to myself, hey, you know what? I pay seven fifty for this house um, because it's just a one of a kind house in a one of a kind street. What's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it's hard to comment on that exact house without being there. But you know, we we do two things. First, first we run what we call desktop numbers, which are just kind of overall. Hey, here's the range of where you should be. And when we talk to people about price, the price. It has a direct correlation to market time. So in your your example, Mike, you, you I might sit down with that client and say, well, we could price it 750 and it might take 90 to 120 days to sell. Are you okay with that? And we may have to make price adjustments or we could price at 725 and get it down to 30 to 60 days or maybe 700 if you really want to move this thing in around 30 days. So it's all kind of relative. And there's a lot of moving parts and variables, and I'm not trying to dodge the question, but there really is a bigger strategy that goes in it if you're you, if you're working with someone who really knows what they're talking about. Okay, but my 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 question is, I, I, first of all, they don't need to sell this house. Okay, uh, they can take their time. It's not like they, I mean, they've got money. So, but on the other hand, I'm thinking you you would know pretty quickly at seven fifty. Well, you'll, you'll know in the first week if you're in the ballpark, right? Yeah, that's our strategy is we don't wait 30 days before looking at adjustments. If you're on the market for 30 days and you've got two showings and two people came in and said, yeah, it's nice, but fill in the blank, then you know you've overshot. If you're in the first week, if you're getting 10 showings and half the people are saying, hey, I'm thinking about it, 
well, you probably hit the mark. So right. yeah, yeah. It's all about, you know, picking a spot, picking a strategy and then adjusting quickly if needed. Okay. Let me ask you this. Let's say this house is at 750 and you do have to make a price correction. So, okay. Stupid me. I'm wrong. I love the house. I've always, and I love the street and I love the location, but you're getting nothing at 750. The mark is just, the silence is deafening, right? What right. about just pulling the house off for two weeks and doing a price reset? What's your thoughts? Hey, let's stop here. We got to pay some bills. 30 seconds and we'll be back. Ever had a question for the podcast or a topic you would like covered? Maybe you just want to say hi and give some feedback. If you want to reach out to the podcast, you can do so by emailing the Cleveland Real Estate Investor at gmail.com. We've done that before. We usually wait longer than two weeks. It, it or, or you know, it just depends on the situation. Normally, in a situation like that, um, I, I would make a some kind of price tweak early and see if that changes anything. I, I, you know, how we love our analogies, Mike. And I did this on my very own house that I was selling in Solon. Uh, the first week after about five days, I adjusted the price just a couple thousand dollars, and then another two weeks. I made a bigger adjustment and then it sold. So I, I believe that like a doctor treating a patient, you know, you start with a strategy, you start with a treatment and then you, you tweak it and adjust it. And normally it doesn't take big adjustments if you know what you're doing. Um, so, so pulling it, I usually reserve that for if the house has been lingering on the market for a couple months, I, I find it's more effective then. Okay. Now, um, so one realtor says this house should be 650 and let's get a bidding war. Okay, you get a bidding war and maybe you're going to get what? 680, 675 and it's going to sell quick, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to say. Uh, I mean definitely the the pricing aggressively strategy has worked in the previous market we just got out of because there were so many buyers you created almost an auction like atmosphere. So who knows? It could have gone for a hundred thousand dollars over list price. That that was happening, but not it's, now. But not so much now, right? So I I don't necessarily agree in this market with the purposely underpricing strategy. I think we're back to what a normal market is, and you're pricing close to or just above what you think market value is. Okay, let's talk about um, you say coming soon. Talk about that. The teaser. Yeah. So coming soon is something that we used to do in our market. Uh, our local MLS and board of realtors decided that that wasn't working. And so we're bound to put a house on the market within 24 hours of beginning any marketing. So yeah, I can do 24 hours of coming soon. I also do some some teasers, like if I know I've got a big, beautiful house in Cleveland Heights coming up, I can start putting out some advertising, some social media posts saying, hey, 
looking for six bedrooms in Cleveland Heights, hit me up or stay stay tuned. But as soon as I post an address, as soon as I post a picture, okay. I've got 24 hours to get that thing on the market. Now, there are uh, people listening in other places saying, hey, we can still do it. So, for example, just go down I-71 two hours to Columbus, and they're still allowed to do two weeks of coming soon. Now, private homeowners, they can do whatever they want. You could start advertising your house and say, hey, I'm going to start showing this house in two weeks. Right. Um, but realtors and brokers were bound by whatever the local rules are. Okay. So um, our friend has signed a contract blocked into this realtor. We're not trying to you know, steal their business. Um, but can they put a sign out? Well, any marketing. So as soon as they place that sign, they've got 24 hours to put it on, on the market. Okay. But can they, the homeowner, put a sign out? This house will be coming up for sale. Um, typically, the listing agreement that they sign with a broker says that the broker does all of the advertising. That uh, So so the, the quick answer is no. Typically, okay. you can't. Uh, unless you're going to try to sell by owner. And, and, you know, again, I know it sounds self-serving, but I feel that when you try to sell by owner, you're missing 80% of the market by the, all the websites that you're not getting on all the additional marketing that we do. You know, we're, we're bringing so many more people to compete for that house that I oh, think right. for sale yeah. is a mistake. Yeah. But you're still yeah. signing a listing with the realtor. Yep. I mean, it's, yeah. And, but you're just saying, you know what, I'm going to just start building a little bit of action here, momentum here. Um, uh, okay. Well then another way is to just together a mailing list of all your friends, um, go on Facebook. Uh, our, our, uh, our friend can go on Facebook and say, look at, we're getting ready to sell our house. Pass the word, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's any good realtor should do that. And we ask our clients to share that stuff. Hey, post this on your Facebook page, uh, share our videos, you know, talk it up. Uh, let's, we even, we even knock on doors, Mike. I mean, like the old fuller brush salesman, you know, we'll, we'll knock on doors and <laughs> prior leading up to the open house. Uh, um, literally we're knocking on the doors and you're not, not, you're not knocking any on any doors, uh, Mike, come on. I've, I've done it, but you know, Hey, I'm, I'm running the team now. So someone else is, is doing that. You Somebody know, they, else is the water boy, right? That, that, that's right. I, I drink the water. They bring it to me, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. But seriously, uh, Mike, this is a thing we're, we're knocking on doors. You know, like if it was your house, I would knock on your neighbor's doors and I'd say, Hey, I'm Mike Ferrante with century 21. We're having an open house this Sunday at, uh, Mike and Fiona Riley's house. And, um, you know, I, promise them I would knock on the doors and invite the neighbors so that you guys can stop by, check it out. That way, if you know someone looking to get into the neighborhood, you can tell them all about the house. Please yeah. stop by. And we do a little VIP hour. So if the open house is one to three from 12 to one, maybe it's neighbors and friends only stop exactly. on by from 12 to one, have a, have a, a mimosa or some cookies <laughs> or whatever. Seriously. Yeah. We, you know, this yeah. is what we do and, and it, it's, it's effective. I know it is. Yeah. And when you get a house like that, a, really a one of a kind house on a one of a kind street in a one of a kind uh, neighborhood, the word's going to start getting out. I mean, I don't think these, I mean, these, you put a for sale sign on that street, that little street with 20 homes, the word's got to get out. People walk in the neighborhood, they're visiting friends. They love the street. It's got to get out. So I mean, there's some areas in in uh, in Cleveland, like on the lake, 
So remember those houses on Edgewater Drive or oh sure. I mean, just on the near west side. I mean, or Chestnut Hills, Harcourt, uh, Elandon, in that little area of Cleveland Heights. When those when or uh, Marshmont and Shaker, I mean, there there are one of a kind streets in areas where as soon as the for sale sign goes on up, I mean it, it's electric. Yeah, it's, creates it's, a buzz. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that that's more what I'm talking about because this is that kind of house. So any of you rich people listening who are coming to Cleveland to work, you uh you give us a call at uh, rileyproperties.com. Okay, what else on heat check? Well, last thing is price. So as I alluded in Lawrence Yoon so far is correct. Uh, median sale price here for February was $167,250, which is right on par with what it was a year ago, 170. So I, I predict what we're going to see is a pretty flat price year because of everything else that's going on. Uh, could it go up a little, down a little? Of course, but you know we're talking in in averages and medians here. So, you know, I don't think people are going to lose a ton of value like a lot of people feared. Oh, I overpaid. Now, you know, now I'm going to yeah. lose my butt on my house. I'm stuck here. Probably yeah, you not. You didn't buy a, in a bubble. Maybe you paw, Maybe you paid for those people that bought in on uh, the last six months to a year. Maybe you paid on the top side, but it's not like you know oh seven. When you you just were buying at the height of the bubble, right? Right, right. And and instead of you know, so I guess in theory you could say, well, I'm losing money because I'm not going to get any appreciation this year. Uh, okay, I'll I'll give you that. But the thing is, you're not you're not losing money because you overpaid. There's just this slight adjustment. We're going to have a flat year, and uh, everyone's predicting after that we should start seeing normal appreciation again. Okay. All right. So when is the Cleveland spring market going to be white hot. So that's what we're hearing. And we're already starting to see multiple offers. Uh, One house I sold in Solon, four offers, not 40 offers, but two, three, five offers on houses. I think that's going to be common again. And it has already started, Mike. It's March. So we're already seeing it. Uh, We just scheduled a showing. I, I had a client reach out to me and say, oh, Mike, there's a new listing in, uh, uh, Mayfield Heights, another pretty hot market. Day one on the market, we tried to schedule a showing already under contract. Wow. Yep. It's already starting. What about our big listing on Edge Hill Road? The house needs some work, needs some decluttering. Should that go on before the work's done? I would say no. Kind of okay. like, uh, who was it, uh, Ernest and Julio Gallo, who say sell no wine before it's time? <laughs> No, you you never get a second chance to make a first impression, and okay. you know certainly right. that how it just like every house should be decluttered, cleaned up, yard looking nice. Right, uh, people walk in. It's it's what what you've preached for years. If the windows are dirty and there's crap everywhere, people assume that the house isn't well maintained. Uh, Mike, there's a story I tell if I if you'll indulge me. I, I, years ago, I was showing houses, and I showed one house right after the other, similarly priced two streets away the first house we walked up the the yard wasn't trimmed the bushes were all overgrown inside the place was filthy and there was clutter everywhere and the house was you know priced at 200 let's let's say very next house practically the same house 
priced exactly the same, same layout and everything. Yard was trimmed. Uh, house was clean and tidy. Um, the first house, the people walked out and said, oh, way too much work. I just can't even imagine buying that second house. Wow. Now this is what we're looking for. I, I mean, it, it was like textbook. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that old expression um, about making a first impression. So, yeah. And it was the same house, Mike. That's the thing. You know, like I, I could have gotten a crew in there for a day. You could have sent your guys there for a day, cleaned up the yard, cleaned the house, decluttered. And it would have been the same exact house. Exactly. You're spending a thousand yeah. dollars to, you know, to, to do something like that. Or maybe right. you're spending uh your weekend doing yeah, that. Exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So, so much for a heat check. Well, listen, we're going to get into the weeds next week, Mike. Because our next episode is going to be how to sell a house. Okay. So well, I will bring my machete. <laughs> and I'm going to have Melanie dig in to get some uh, sound effects, you know. Yeah. Chopping. Chopping, window washing, vacuuming. All right. Weed whacker. Okay, Mike. Well, I'll let you get back. You got to start cooking that dinner. That's right. And Thanks for having me, Mike. A lot of fun. All right. We'll talk later. Thanks, everybody. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast with Mike Riley. Please add our show or follow us on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcast, or Spotify. Leave a like or comment on the video. All engagement is appreciated. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well for video content coming soon. For any Cleveland listeners or Cleveland Browns fans, you can check out our other podcast, Cleveland Browns Anonymous, for our weekly group therapy session. This is also on all the same platforms as the Cleveland Real Estate Investor.